Welcome to the July 20th edition of the PFF Forecast. I'm George. I'm joined by Eric, as usual. We're going to talk about uh, a lot of fun things. We've got a bet, some bets that you shouldn't make. Okay, we're going to warn the people. Bets you shouldn't make. We also have a bet to make, though. We've got to make up for it. Um, I have I have to ask Eric about um, a, a show, dinner and a show that he went to, uh, which is going to be exciting. And we also have we're playing vigilante here. Okay. We've, we've done some conversations about betting behind the scenes. We've called out some people who haven't really been super truthful about stuff and we're continuing. We're marching right along. It's going to be a great show. Let's rock. I don't even know what to start with because there's so much great content here, but I guess I will start with this and I'll set the scene by saying you and I have rather different um, schedules. You're more of a night owl. I tend to like get up super early. So like, but last night I'm up kind of late. So I'm trying to grind through some stuff and you are at, you are in hell (laughs) or something like it. You are what I would describe as my personal purgatory which was a show combined with dinner and the show was called footloose and i have no idea what that is about yeah and like i wouldn't characterize it as hell like i certainly i know family members listen to the show my mother i'm was, saying for me I'm yeah the, yeah my mother was extremely generous now my mother was extremely generous like uh, my 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 sister and her new husband are very into theater you know, I, I would consider myself a cultured person, but I only have so much time in my life. So I don't make an like I once went to uh, a, a performance of Rent with my college girlfriend in Calgary, Alberta. And like at the end, she was like, did you know what this was about? And I go, no, like, I, I, I was like I, I was completely. <laughs> so I resolved last night. So Chanhassen Dinner Theater in, in Minneapolis, it's like it like you sit down and they give you food and then mm-hmm. they play the thing. And then like during intermission, they come back with more. And like, it kind of honestly made me want to drink again, but, um, and then, and then it finishes, nice. but like, you know, they loved it. And, and I'm, that's all that matters. That's all that counts. But I know like during the whole thing, I'm thinking, cause footloose is about a pastor's daughter who takes up with the, like a person that moves in from uh, uh, Chicago, a big city, and he doesn't approve of it. And it was kind of like, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about like, I'm like, does my mom know what this movie, the, this, 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 the plot is about? Because, you know, it was kind of like, I don't like, I'm not sure she would have suggested it to me had she known, um, but it, it was very well performed. Honestly, I think to, it, it amazes me how good these actors are that are doing like, this isn't even community theater. They're paid for it, but obviously these are not like Broadway stars or whatever, but they were very good. Um, but yeah, for me, it was like, okay, we get there at like five 30. It doesn't start till eight. So I'm like, what are we doing here? What do I do with my hands for two and a right. half hours? And then like, so then I, I know I'm in, I know it's going to be a while. So I order coffee and the, the gal bless her heart comes out with a 
like the whole pot and puts it on the table. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. So then now I'm drinking coffee. Now I have to go to the bathroom right before the show starts. Come back. <laughs> By the way, former governor of Minnesota, Arnie Carlson was also in like, I think he was like sitting right next to me. And so I come back and then I got to go to the bathroom like immediately because I haven't had that much coffee in forever, but I'm not seeing anybody move around. And there's a lot of old people in this place. And so I'm thinking to myself, is it like against the rules to get up during? Do I can oh wait the first intermission? You just so are gonna I'm go light the bathroom. Like literally up. sweating out this show. And and eventually I just turn to Stephanie and I go, Steph, I'm getting up right now. She's like, Oh yeah, go ahead. I'm like, but then I'm like, so the on this big tree walking through this to the bathroom. And then I of course wait until the intermission to come back upstairs again mm-hmm. uh, to watch the rest of it. Like I guess it was very well performed. It was, it was a long, it was long for sure, but I'm glad that my sister and her husband had a good time. I think I, I, it's not necessarily my wife and I's cup of tea, but you know, you get through it. You do things for your family because you love them. And uh, it was a fun time. I've heard tell of of this. Yeah. (laughs) I, it was something. I, I have a hot take for you regarding the theater. Okay. I thought Hamilton was kind of boring. I've never been to Hamilton, so I couldn't tell you. I mean, I thought it was, I thought the performances were amazing. And um, some of the characters were really, really good, but I was bored and I heard, I fell asleep and I'm not someone that falls asleep. I don't do that. Like I stay up and watch I went to, every part of a movie. And, and the other thing, the other bad beat. So I went to a movie, I went to Minions with my daughters like a while back and I watched, I did, I could not tell you what that movie's about. I, I was just, I was just grinding through medium posts. I read like three chapters of a book. Like I was, I was in it for me at that day. And it was I one of those like, I can't parts. believe you can't figure out what the, you have a PhD in math and you can't figure out what the minions. I, I literally wasn't paying attention. It, this should just show you, uh, you know, how hard it is to multitask. And I'm, I'm aware. I, and, and my girlfriend in college, she she was in theater and stuff like that. So I was at like Sweeney Todd and I went to a bunch of these like plays, cats. And I got to tell you, if I had a if I had a, a smartphone back then, I would have been broken up with really fast because I think I would have like not paid that much attention. And then if asked about it later, I would have probably gotten dumped due to my response being so pathetic. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, last night, they make you like not they make you turn your phones off in there because they're part of some actors like union or something where you know and like a lot of comedians are like that where you can't film them uh you know like like everybody's talking about how like you know transphobic Chappelle is but no one gets to see no one sees the jokes because they make everybody at the comedy club turn off their you know their phone like that's kind of you know that's kind of how it is with actors too so like I you know I wasn't you know, I actually paid attention. It was, it was like I said, very well acted. Not my cup of tea, but something I would have, uh, you know, that I, I still thought, you know, could appreciate the talent there. Well, I'm a man of culture. Um, let's talk about some football here. Let's start with a, uh, a the vigilante, okay? We'll get to bets that we uh, that you shouldn't make and bets that you should make. But um, we, we've been the police here. We've been going around. We, we just need to let people know, okay? You can't just post shit on the internet that makes no sense and not expect yours truly for the syndicate, for the people that blood, sweat, and tears 
that they pour out to, to learn the truth that listen to this podcast, like dear members of the syndicate, we're not going to let their internet be polluted with this garbage. So we've got to, we've got to find it and we've got to let people know about it. And you, my friend, if you had sent me this article and you would ask me ball sack or just whack, it would have passed because this is incredible. Do you want to, uh, do you want to tell the good people what we're talking about here? Yeah, so there was a, um, you know, I think that, um, you know, this is something like not dissimilar to what we used to do, like back when we were first starting out, so 2017, um, looking at like what's called uh, principal component analysis, k-means clustering, like essentially this gentleman, uh, Darren O'Donoghue uh, on 33rd team, uh, basically looked at and a bunch of passing statistics, interestingly, hmm. um, about who, just took like a bunch Tom of Brady passing statistics and did K-means clustering on Lamar Jackson. Oh. Now he he and and back in the day, like so, like hey, bro, um, you know we've did, we've done this before. Um, instead of like breaking it into like three into like six clusters, which I always thought was like more the like I always thought that there were six clusters. There's an elite cluster. There's a shit cluster. There are, there's a volatile cluster of good players There's a volatile cluster of bad players. There is a uh, kind of an average, like a, a non-volatile cluster of good players a non-volatile cluster of ba- bad players. And, you know, so, but this person did three um, and set, you know, basically made the argument that outside of Lamar Jackson's MVP season, which by the way, you can't get rid of like that exists that Lamar Jackson has not been like a, an elite quarterback in the NFL. Um, they do use sacks here. Uh, they do not do rushing, which I think this is like where I get to this, this, this thread. And I didn't mean to make it a thread. I just wanted to make it one tweet. You're such a social thread, media savant. I, I know, I know threads are, are getting the bad rap right now, even though they're the, the algorithm uh, is doing uh, good work <laughs> with them. Um, All of the rhythms are. <laughs> Just a few of them. That's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> We've been good about not doing many inside jokes. Yeah. This pod, for people that are new to the podcast, the whole podcast used to be inside jokes. Yeah. And people would come to us that worked with us and be like, what are you talking about what are on you your podcast? But like the, but my big thing is about Lamar Jackson is if you ignore the rushing, if you ignore the gravity that he has, whether we can measure it or not. And, and I think that we're getting close to being able to measure it, but we're still like, you know, I've tried to do it with like how linebackers move and how, and, and all this kind of stuff. And I want to actually look at the thing we did for Sloan, which is basically like how well do defensive ends get off the ball? Like, I kind of want to look at that for when Lamar's mm-hmm. playing, you know, just because like my opinion is that defensive ends don't get off the ball against Lamar because it's, it's just, it's a fool's errand, right? To get off the ball against mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson throwing the football. Um, the, the issue is like this, this is very clearly like a, 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 um, a, an answer in, in search of a solution, which I think is the worst sports analytics undertaking you can do, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you think that, you know, and, and we've all done that. Like, you think Kirk Cousins is elite. So you like squeeze the data down to like the very like subset of data where he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Or you think that Kirk Cousins sucks and you do the exact same thing. Or 
you think that Lamar in the case in the case here, you think Lamar Jackson sucks. So you you do an analysis that ignores his rushing, which I'm sorry, but like that is his rushing is game changing, right? And so, in my opinion, like you look at, for example, and, and I our, our friend uh, Sam Schwartzstein <laughs> asks, he's like, you know, does this with other you know other Greg Roman quarterbacks? Colin Kaepernick more than half of his rushing yards, even in his like explosive 2012 year. We're on scrambles. Um, Tyrod Taylor, 75% of his rushing yards under Greg Rowe, you know, that they were on scrambles. Um, and you can find this on pff.com within the lead subscription. Lamar Jackson in his 2019, like uh, record-breaking season for a rusher in the NFL, 38% of his rushing yards were on scrambles, meaning 62% of his production in the run game was designed stuff. Like mm-hmm. you cannot evaluate Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. And, and look, I'm the first one to say he's got warts as a thrower, but you can't evaluate him without evaluating the Ravens running game. And I, and I mean the entire running game. And, and, and if you do that, it becomes like even the last two years. So take out his 20 his 2019 season, the Ravens. And I, I'm, you know, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to prove, use this to prove the point even with the Tyler Hundley games, even with the RG3 games, all that kind of stuff, the Ravens are 10th in EPA per play in the regular yeah, season last two years. So that was the data point that I had that I had pulled up. Yeah. And, and like, so I have two thoughts. The first is maybe this person is trolling you and they think this is the right way to get you to talk about the running game. Just a thought, just hypothesis. Um, but so y- you made one really good point around you can't take the MVP season out. Like, like that's just not like do the same with Patrick Mahomes, please show me. I, now I don't know if his, uh, you know, if his machine will be able to do three uh, K means clusters again. It might have retired after that. That's a lot. But that tweet was an amazing. Tweet. That's a lot of work, man. I, yeah. You know, like okay. And again, we don't like what I don't want to do here is like method shame. Like I, you know, we were all in this position at one point studying the league, so. Far be it for me to say, oh, this guy's just using K-means clustering. But, like, this is how everything works. Like, you know. K-means clustering is great, but you need to – you can't – the thing that frustrates me – and I'll say this. I have have struggled through this as well. I think both of us have. Where you use something – and this happens in machine learning – with machine learning techniques all the time. It's like you use something because it's cool, but you don't totally understand how it – works and that prevents you from actually getting a meaningful result out of it and so you know i I think it's obnoxious to exclude how well lamar jackson's offense has done given the fact eric that he is the offense whether they are throwing or running the football with lamar or without lamar he is the offense and let me list for you the teams that have a better epa per play than the lamar jackson led Baltimore Ravens, the Kansas City Chiefs, who, by the way, are a ways way ahead of everybody else. The Green Bay Packers, the Los Angeles Chargers, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the New Orleans Saints. That's it. End of list. Yeah. It's five teams. Now, and that's our point, model. Like Ben, Ben Baldwin's in the just in the regular season, 2019 to 2021. So that doesn't include his rookie year, which, you know, again, like again, all these things are unfair to Lamar, but like yeah, they're want, third and we could take out his rookie and, year. I mean, that, yeah. that's only gonna help. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, like 
my big thing is, and this is where I, I get really, this is where I get huffy and puffy about this stuff is bet against Lamar then mother because, because that motherfucker covers the spread, right? Like the dude is like 55% against the spread in his career. Um, 54%, I think maybe. And the rave, like, look, the sharp money is on the Ravens over. I mean, we talked to, you know, I think it was Rob mm-hmm. Zoli even said, I don't want to give away his bets, but like he gave it away. I think he talked about it on circles off, Like he's on the Ravens over. I know, you know, some of that has to do with Cleveland, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like, I mean, I, I don't know, like last year, that team is that team missed both tackles. That team had all their running backs out wide receiver position was a joke. The defense struggled. And some backs were decimated. Yeah. And, and they were still eight and three when he started his last game. Like, and so I look at this thing and I, I think, you know, again, and I'm not like, look, I'm not, I'm not saying quarterback wins are a quarterback stat. I'm more of the belief that like every, every stat is useful. And when you look at EPA per play, when you look at, you know, win, like, Lamar, Lamar wins games, right? And there, there's an aspect of, you know, being able to control the clock. There's an aspect, and it's different. This is not Nick Chubb running the ball, as that, however good he is. This is not Derrick Henry running the ball. We know from statistics, and we know that quarterback runs are different because of, you know, depth of, depth of first contact, because of, like, expected points. And we also know that scrambles are extremely valuable. And with the perfectly covered play stuff, we know that if you can avoid an incompletion and scramble for yardage when the play is perfectly covered, you add a ton of value. And then add on top of that, Lamar Jackson is literally the best player in the NFL at both of those things. Mm -hmm. There's value there. So, you know, for the folks that want to hate on Lamar, that's fine. And look, I don't think he's a great passer. I think he's an okay passer. And I, and it's kind of, but he's been consistent. His, his, uh, Completion percentage have been 64.4, 64.4, 64.3, I think, the last three years. Like, he's a good enough passer. This isn't like Cam Newton, like 57% or something like that. This is a guy that can complete passes, and then the run kills you. Now, the questions about whether to extend him and all that kind of stuff, I get that. And, like, whether you want to, you know, you know, the Ravens are turning every stone, but this is a situation where I think if you do sh- – sloppy analysis you are co- going to come to the wrong conclusion about lamar jackson uh here's the analogy for everybody out there judging lamar jackson on only his passing ability would be like judging the both of us only on our podcasting ability right that fair that's probably fair yeah yeah i actually think lamar i mean lamar is a passer last year I was encouraged by, and I was bummed obviously as everyone was that he got injured because I think it would have been really interesting to see how that year had ended up. Their defense was so decimated that we were going to have to see Lamar win games with his arm. And he was. (laughs) So uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's hold the, um, the criticism of him as a player for, for a second, before we move on to bets, not to make and bets to make a quick reminder to all of our members of the syndicate because we take care of our members, right? As some podcasts you go to, they don't care about you. We care about you. And one of the ways that we are showing our appreciation is by reminding you that fantasy football season has already begun. Go to Underdog Fantasy, 
get yourself prepared for your redraft league by playing in some real money. It's not a ton of money. Best ball leagues, $10 million in total prizes with best ball mania. And here's the great thing. If you use promo code PFF, when you deposit hundred bucks, they'll match it for you. And when you play 10 of those dollars, they'll give you a free PFF subscription. So do that, go to PFF, read our fantasy content, use our fantasy tools to help you prepare. And then you can go dominate. And if you don't want to sign up for underdog fantasy, I get it. I understand it. 40% off of promo code PFF 40 right now for all PFF annual subscriptions uh, for first time subscribers. So go over to PFF.com, get yourself in a great situation for the entirety of the year. I promise you will not be disappointed by the way, because I said, we treat our listeners the right way. Um, you will have an opportunity to be one of the first people to use the PFF app when it drops before anyone else on the planet gets it. You'll be one of those people. So go ahead over to PFF.com, get yourself a little taste uh, with a PFS subscription for 40% off. Okay. That's not to make. It's the off season. Let me tell you how much of an off season it is. I found myself last night with the MLB all-star game on and I was actually entertained for like 10 minutes. Now that was 10 minutes. The rest of it was a complete trash fest, but they did a segment. They had a half inning where the pitcher was mic'd up and he was an entertaining guy. I'd never heard of him before, like half the MLB players that are out there. Um, And the announcers were talking to him and he was talking to his catcher and talking to the batters. It was engaging. It's that time of the year where you can convince yourself to make bad bets. Yeah. I had somebody who, fuck, I had Julio in the home run derby at like eight to one. I thought it was a lock. It was like in the head to head, he was like minus a thousand against uh, the dude from the national Soto. And of course I pile a little bit more on, of course, when he was like, when it was like plus a hundred. Cause I, cause he was, and then, and then, of course, you know, Soto wins the Electoral College, not the popular vote. Right. And, and you know, that Bullshit. was horrible. Um, but, yeah, and, and so our friend actually, and, like, I've reached out to him. Hopefully we can get him on the show because I really like his bombast. I really like how he goes <laughs> after some of the, the folks that say dumb things on Twitter. Um, our friend Joey Kanish 22 uh, you know what's not a great use of your capital slash bankroll, despite seeing – uh, a million tweets, uh, threads on it this summer, middling NFL season-long player props <laughs> to get the same return putting your money in a six-month CD at the moment. This is an important notion, right? Because I'm going to actually show, I think, a few... I'm going to show, like, kind of... So here's the thing. Right? And it's easy to calculate these. But, like, if you are... So let's say you're lucky enough to get into a... um into a book that gives you minus one ten lines, whether that be totals mm-hmm. or uh, player props or whatever. In order for so, like, let's say that you get minus one ten on both sides. Um, that middle, right? If you try to get a middle, has to hit four point eight percent of the time for that bet to be <clears throat> breaking. Does that make sense, right? So you know, if you, on one side you lose the vig, on the other side. You lose the big if, if it goes, if yep. you don't hit the middle, but obviously in the middle, you get, uh, you get two units, right? You bet one on each side mm-hmm. or a minus 115, which is probably more likely the um, juice you're going to get in most books on player props. 
it's about 7%. So you need that middle portion to hit about 7% of the time. And then for a 20 cent line, um, which is a lot of books, um, to, to for a middle to make sense, that middle has to hit more than 9% of the time for your bet to be more than break even. So I think it's actually instructive. So this is a tweet. I think that this is one of the ones that um, set off our friend Joe Kanish. Cole 80 stats. FanDuel has Trevor Lawrence's 2022 passing yard line at 3,800 and a half. And that seems too low to me. DraftKings has it at 4,000 and a half yard. A 200 yard discount if you like T-Law this year or, you know, arbitrage. And it's not arbitrage, one. it's not. But because you need, like, you're still, Uh. this isn't the same thing as like, you know, and we our our friend Sharp Clark talked about this before, and you you can, yeah, th- this isn't the same. But I know what he's getting at. It's like a middle, right? But arbitrage is truly like where you make you make a profit on uh, both sides. Inti- yeah, you make a profit. Both sides. And yeah. th- and those do exist, by the way, in like over unders. Usually, you probably you know usually you have to you have a really square book or whatever, and you have to like calculate out even. They, they don't have to both be plus money for it to make sense. Like you can, you know, work arbitrage. So let me be clear here. Arbitrage is the simultaneous buying and selling that locks you in a yeah. profit. Right. So people have been doing this with like a lot of people do this with crypto. If you have a big enough bankroll, um, this, the way to actually, if you were actually truly arbitraging, this would be if you could buy each bet and then simultaneously sell those yeah, yeah. bets to people who price them differently, right? And yeah. make a profit that way, but you can't. <laughs> but you are, you're, you, you need, and, and look, it's an, it's an inexpensive, like I said, if you have an edge, or if there is an edge to be had, or these things are mispriced, then absolutely. Like you have a, there, there's a difference between arbitrage and the, and positive EV plays, mm-hmm. right? And so that one, like, Okay, do you believe in, and I, I'm going to assume both of these are minus 115 lines because FanDuel and DraftKings are sort of similar books. Do you think that those 200 yards make up for Trevor Lawrence 7% of the, more than 7% of the distribution in his passing yards? Like, that's a question you have to a- answer. And none of these tweets do that. And like, and again, far be it for me to say that, but, you know, and we'll have a simulation at some point, you know, where subscribers can actually look at you know, what we believe that the meat of that distribution is. Mm -hmm. But again, like you have to make that calculation. Here's one that somebody suggested that I actually do think is worth it. So this is Dan back, Dan underscore back, a two touchdown middle opportunity here for Harris season long touchdowns for scores odds. And again, you know, this is uh, FanDuel has them at over seven and a half minus 112 and under nine and a half for Caesars at minus 115. Now, the reason for this, by the way, is that FanDuel is actually fairly sharp and Caesars is as sharp as a marble. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, their lines, especially in the offseason, I mean, you can still get Detroit, I want to say, at over six wins, minus 10-something. It, it's truly a, a God's gift uh, if you want to tie your money uh, there with the emperor. Um, so, you know, like let, let's let's uh round up here um let's make the over seven and a half minus 115 just makes the math easier but do you believe that um you know 
7% of Harris's outcomes land on eight touchdowns or nine touchdowns. That seems reasonable, right, George? Like that's not so bad, right? I don't think that's terrible. Um, I guess the, the feeling of having a middle versus actually having one in practice uh, are not equally um, or, or properly uh, aligned, I guess. Like, I think that's there's you feel good about yourself having picked up the middle more so than the middle actually will benefit you in, in the long run, which is, I think, why people like tweeting about it. It makes them feel smart and they're like, oh, look what I've done. And there are a lot of really, really stupid people out there who just like, actually, not even stupid people, just people who don't spend their lives doing this shit. And they are going to read that and go, oh, yeah, this person must know what they're talking about. That's why we're here. We're just here to do yeah. the good deeds well, for and, the people. And I remember, you know, early on in my betting career, I actually exactly remember the game. It was a Falcons Bucks game where I think I took, fuck, I think I took the Falcons plus two and a half, and the market loved the Falcons that year. And I came back with with um, you know Panthers at plus one and a half, right? And yeah. I thought I was the smartest person in the world because the market moved three points with me, right, or four points with me, and like we obviously know now that those four points are not necessarily worth it. Right. Like, um, you know, in that case, they're both minus minus one ten. So you have to make a case that points two, one, zero in a regular season game and, and minus one add up to 5% or so, which depends upon like the total of the game, but that's a wash at best. Right. So, you know, that's, again, like having these little intuitions about this stuff. Again, I agree. Like we like to think, you know, oh, my God, I got I got some, you know, I got minus three, four and a half. I laid four and a half and the game closed five and a half. And so should I take plus five and a half? It's like, no, like that's not that the fifth point is not worth five percent. Right. So it's so stupid. But if you do like, let's say you laid two and a half and the game's now sitting three and a half in the NFL. well three depending upon the total is worth like seven to nine percent so there you're doing great right like you know you should take that middle because it obviously has some value um again you know hopefully everybody's sort of getting smarter about these things but your point like people feel smart by being able to take you know take a, a number and, and and i get this a lot with with uh, cfl like i laid or i took five five and a half bunch of COVID came out that I, I, I heard about and, and wasn't, and now the game's three, right. And it's like, do I want to take minus three now? And it's like, no, actually my model says it's two still like, and, and we can get to a discussion on a different podcast about whether to hedge and like, you know, most, most sharp betters will say don't hedge unless it's life-changing money or the hedge bet is plus EV, which usually if your internals tell you to bet a number, in football, you're almost never going to have an opportunity where the hedge bet is plus EV unless it goes through three. And in which case, if the market tell if the market pushes a number through three, your initial bet was probably correct. But like the the things have changed so much, maybe where laying than the minus two and a half or something like that would not be worth it. it I mean, markets are extremely sharp, so you're never you're not going to get a ton of opportunities to do this. But it's important to know what you're up against if you do it anyway. Yeah, no, that's, um, it's a good point. And I think it's one that we need to bless. By the way, I, I read a funny uh, tweet that I'll tell you, which is uh, 
one of the accounts I follow that does um, kind of like makes fun of uh, not makes fun of, but like memes, memes on the financial uh, world basically. Mm-hmm. And they had a tweet about a guy who was an intern at an investment bank who signed all of his emails, even to like, you know, higher ups and everything blessings. And <laughs> I just imagine in my mind, like a 20 year old kid with like a earring and a tattoo, like emailing some like 60 year old managing director, like, what? Hey, here's the deck. Here's the deck you were looking for that I've assuredly fucked up nine ways since Sunday. Blessings, Kyle. Okay, can we, can we like, let's, let's, uh, again, this podcast has been kind of slow. We'll give out a bet at the end here. Let's talk about the best sign-offs on emails. Because I think just a good best is probably the safest one. I think, and obviously there are cultural differences here, but cheers is, I think it depends. If it's your PhD vi- advisor from Germany, hi, Brigitte, mm-hmm. like if you listen to the show, then she could be like, look, uh, this is the worst paper you've ever written, Eric. Um, you know, come back to my office and we'll, we'll, we'll chat. Cheers. Like, cheers kind of stings a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, my, you know, you know, so-and-so has cancer. Cheers. Like, that kind of thing I get a little, like, unnerving about, but I do know cheers is, like, sort of like a, you know, best kind of thing um sincerely works but it's still kind of like like what do you think is where do you think the line is there um for for canned email you know sign off messages blessings is blessings is is a blessing is way over the line yeah you you can't be blessing every person that you talk to an email that's so just disingenuous like you don't actually you do not have enough blessings to give away, buddy. I don't know who you are, but you don't have that many blessings. Please keep more of them to yourself. Uh, I Here's a couple that are on my radar. Regards, I'm not a huge fan of. Not a huge fan of regards. Is that because of the movie uh, uh, Couple Retreat? Retreat? Uh, please regard me. Uh, <laughs> no. Regard me is, is honestly, God, the best the best one-liner in a movie that actually has a fairly decent amount of one-liners. Regard me. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about best? Everyone uses best. And I, I try to use it less and less, to be honest with you. I used to sign off with my friends, EE, but the second E was undercase. That one. Jesus. <laughs> that, like I said, blessings. That one That's was really real, not given. Yeah. Fun. I don't do that anymore. Um, I think it's just awkward. I think human interactions are awkward. Now, how many people, so here's the, here's a, here's another good one. Text messages. Like what age is it, is it appropriate to sign off on a text message? You've had this happen before. No age. There's no age. Okay. But you've had it happen to you, right? You've had it happen to you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Where the text message is clearly like an email template. It's the best. It's like, Sincerely. It's, okay. Uh, <laughs> next show, we'll dive deeper into this topic for every one Attica. of you that are really interested. Yeah. The bet that you just made this week is what? Yeah. So we had a few things. Um, our, our, our great colleague and friend, Ben Lindsay was helping uh, with uh, Sunday night football because in gosh, like 
two short weeks, we're going to be, we're going to be watching some football, some preseason football. So I reran the simulation. Um, interestingly, and I think this is a, how well we've regressed, you know, well, sort of like how I actually just think it's a, how good our power rankings are. Um, but we only see three edges in the Super Bowl market. I also think it's partially because DraftKings Super Bowl market has a lot of overround. Um, but the the three that we see value in, okay. And and what's interesting here is that it's not it, it's it, so we see two percent edge. So we make we make Tampa Bay plus six oh one to win the Super Bowl. DraftKings you can you can get plus seven hundred. So that's a 2% edge. I like that one a lot. Um, Any middles I can get there? Uh, so, so Circo will actually let you buy the no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so that one's good. Um, but interestingly, like we're dead, dead nuts on the, on the win total. So we have Tampa at 11.5. The market is 11.5. The Tampa is a fat tail team. I think at the next team I'm going to talk about is also this way. Um, we make Green Bay at 10.93 wins. The market is at 11. However, we make Green Bay at plus 814 to win the Super Bowl. The market has them at 10 to 1. So that's a 2% edge. Um, I think it's fairly clear what Green Bay is doing here, right? Green Bay is, you know, and there's an article that I wrote on pff.com. We talked about this a couple weeks ago with Kevin O'Connell and you know, Ron Rivera and you had Tomlin. There, there are a lot of conditionals here. If Green Bay figures out the wide receiver position, they're a Super Bowl contender, right? Because their defense is much better than it was last year. Offensive line should get healthier with Bakhtiari coming back and some guys getting experience. Zach Tom, I think, was a great draft pick out of Wake Forest. Running back positions go, you know, all this stuff is great for Green Bay. It's just like they don't have anybody to throw to. If the wide receiver position's figured out, this team's a Super Bowl contender, right? So that doesn't mean I'd bet their win total over, but I would take a fat tail shot at something like 10 to one for Green Bay to win the Super Bowl. And similarly, we make Cincinnati 9.985 wins and the win total is 10. So right dead there, but we make them plus 1962 to win the Super Bowl. And the market is giving them a plus is 22 to one. So that's a 1% edge. Um, I mean, I think it's exactly what it's exactly what it says. If the defense comes, you know, the the no one no one saw more clearly the sort of if things come together for the Bengals they come together and I think that those three bets are probably pretty sound. My my favorite one is the Bucks, and the reason for that is, in my very humble opinion, Tom Brady did not come back for a season to uh, to go out the way that he went out. They have, mm-hmm. they're playing in just an awful conference in an awful division. All due respect to the New Orleans Saints and the pathway for them to get home field throughout the playoffs, um, and then to play a team from the AFC who has been through the absolute ringer. Um, I love so. You know, seven to one, look, you're tying your money up for a little while, but like if you're going to be rooting for someone all the way through the Super Bowl, you're going to get, I think, your money's worth with Tampa Bay. Um, given the fact that, you know, I think you'll feel pretty confident in Brady making it uh, decently far. So that's the one that I, that I'm there for. I, I, you know, Green Bay similarly in the NFC, but I just, with Green Bay, 
I just have more questions offensively. And it's, yeah. it's honestly all, you know, Devonte Adams. I just think that's a, he's the best receiver in the NFL. So that's a big loss. Yeah. Um, I think with a lot of these, you're, you're, you're really like, if you do like a Tampa Bay green Bay thing, you're really just hoping that the rest of the NFC teams suck as much as we think. And there isn't some team that pops up as a team. That's legit. Like you're hoping that, Every team that makes the playoffs in a Philadelphia Eagles Ian way last year is as bad as the Eagles were, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because we, we saw the Eagles get into the playoffs and then they had like no chance. And, you know, so that they were an encouraging team, but not a contender. You know, the Eagles this year could very well be a contender, but like if Minnesota or uh, New Orleans or uh, New York Giants or Detroit or Washington, some team like that makes the playoffs this year, which your hope is is that they're still not that good. And in fact, mm -hmm. that could actually help. That actually does benefit the Green Bays and the Tampas of the world because even the team that doesn't get the bye will have sort of a patsy in round one and be able to advance that way. We used the word patsy. We talked about email sign-offs. We uh, hunted down bad article content for our listeners. I don't know what else. I, what Are there podcast awards that, that can be won? Because we've got to, we're on deck for for one after podcast this. bingo i think was was struck today um we even talked about the theater we talked about That's we talked about everything, everything um on today's show tune in uh, tune a in very eclectic show tune in on sunday where eric and i will do in-depth breakdowns of the richest men in the world in swimsuits and talk about all of their um the problems i am i cannot get enough of elon musk on his yacht you i don't I don't care how many billions. So hot take, dude. You know who he looks like? Hot, he looks I don't, like SpongeBob. He, I mean, the, he the looks white. Like his skin is so white that it makes paper look dark. I mean, well, it on. is. You're you're talking about his skin. What is my my brother in Christ chest? <laughs> there are a lot of problems. Look, there are a lot. Of, there are a lot of problems to the he's point shaped where like a, he's shaped like a a, a rectangular prism. <laughs> That's a rectangular white sponge. Um, I don't know how many billions of dollars he's worth now. I don't need him. Just, I can't look like that. I can't. I, as Take somebody who is currently undergoing a, a reform. Yeah. But like, I agree. As like, I just can't. So let, let's end on this. As somebody like, and, and this is analytics too. Like basically, just get a scale and weigh yourself, take, collect data. And even that act is so liberating as far as like the transformation, right? You're actually like collecting data. You're taking stock and inventory. When you have good days, it measures. When you have bad days, all this stuff. Like I cannot tell, I cannot tell you how nice it feels to never be, to never feel bad anymore, right? You know, like to like you. when you so have fun. like, you know, when you like we 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 go out to uh, uh, Jeff Ruby's, I would be like, this, you know, like I love hanging out with you guys, but like I can't honestly incorporate a steak today. You know what I mean? And now it's just like, you know, I you know dinner cruise or whatever. I have a you know pretty hefty meal, but like it's like now that you have control over things, it's sort of like oh my god, like you know you never like appreciate how good it feels to just not feel bad, you know, like that. And and I, I want for my brother in Christ, Elon, to feel that way. Tune in. Uh, two podcasts from now where we will uh, dive deeply into the topic of physical health. 
um, it will be it will be a great podcast. I just had an idea. Instead of us giving people recommendations, people recommend things they want our recommendation on. And then okay. we have to go like buy it or try it and then let people know whether they like uh, it. By the way, if you want to sponsor any of those things, uh, mm. sponsors, uh, come get us. Yeah, if you have hair uh, thickening products, Eric would love to see if they'd work. That's our podcast. Oh, hey. We love you all. Peace. Peace.